0: Hi, everybody. We are back with my sister, Manuha, um, to kind of really dive dive deeper into the things we've already been talking about, because we've had such itty-bitty little recordings, and there's so much depth to everything we've been talking about, and they're important topics. I think that um, what a lot of parenting um, courses, including mine, the Nurture Heart Approach courses, um, help us with is what to do with our kids and how to deal with our kids, but what about us? Um, Ultimately, we're the parents and um, putting parenting into like a theoretical idea um, is something that many of us were able to do way before we had kids, right? Like I was a perfect mom until I went ahead and had kids, (laughs) you know? Um, So theory is great. How to be with kids is great. What kids deserve and don't deserve and... All the modern day psychology and everything progressive thinking all great um, but ultimately what I found and what I find with so many parents that I speak to and deal with is that our ideas and beliefs and what we want to do for our kids um, becomes pretty impossible when our own selves our own lives our own journeys our own feelings our own triggers our own pasts our own our own um, just confusions, lack of clarity, whatever stresses get involved. And like, sometimes if I can't even like control myself, how in the world am I supposed to like manage how I am interacting with my kid? And you know, if I'm not in my heart, how could I give them from my heart? All of this kind of stuff. So this is why I love talking to Manukh so much because it always ends up coming back to me, to, um, who I am, what I bring, taking care of myself, how I see myself. Um, and, and how I, and how I can better support myself being the mom, like how I could better support myself through my job of being a mother, like I, for me to be my own support team, something very interesting, actually, that, um, I, I am not a therapist, but to my best of my understanding, every therapist. Every therapist has a therapist. Every therapist has an advisor, somebody that they speak to, and they need to have that because there's secondary trauma that happens when you're involved with so many people's intensities, so many people's traumas, um, issues, challenges, and that secondary trauma goes into them. And so they need somewhere to put that, to bring that. And, And moms, do we always have that? Like we're dealing with it's secondary trauma. I don't know, secondary trauma, but secondary childhood stuff. Like we have, we're experiencing our own childhood over again, watching our kids, you know, we're, we're adults, but are we really adults? And have we really grown up? And there's so much selflessness. There's so much giving, and there's so much emotional um, subjectivity in that, like, we love our kids so freaking much. We want to give them everything and we judge ourselves and push ourselves when we can't. because, oh my gosh, I'm doing to my kids what I said I would never do. And, you know, I'm repeating patterns and my kid's going to be traumatized and whatever. Oh, so heavy, so much. Um, and and even just nothing to do with cha- with with parenting, the other stressors, the other things, whether it's experiencing mental health challenges, just nothing to do with parenting, our own stuff. Um, maybe it is. Maybe it's postpartum something or, or while, while you're pregnant um or or other stuff financial stuff work stuff whatever and it's coming up and it's hard relationship stuff oh my gosh does relationship stuff get easier after you have kids because now you have to focus on having kids no way not in anybody's life that i've ever been part of if anything having kids makes relationships even harder so if you are living with a significant other and you have kids that means that relationship is even harder and demands even more and it completely took us up took up all of our psyche before we had kids. So now we have kids and on top of that, we have to deal with relationships. So anyways, what am I getting at? I'm getting at that. Where's our support team, right? Where's our therapist? Where's our, where's the mom that we turn to? And, and actually it's an interesting idea. Maybe back in the day, living together with your sisters and your mother and everybody in the same tribe in the same tent, you know, you had that because you talked to your sisters and your mother and some of us are blessed to have that. I'm blessed to have so many sisters and brothers that I can speak to. and. I'm so grateful for that, and I can, I call my mom probably like 100 times a day whenever there's anything going on with my kids, it's like, why is her throat red, you know, what's going on, and um, to lean on, um, but also, um, there's a lot of power in knowing how to support myself and how to not sabotage myself, because I think that the expectation on ourselves to be able to do it all um, ends up sabotaging our ability to do it all, (laughs) so. All of that being said, um, yeah, I want to talk about being a real human while being a mom. It's, It's one more thing. I'm talking a lot. It's interesting because like in other professions, you, you know, I don't know, say you're a doctor. Now, again, I'm speaking from my, you know, you know where because I'm not a doctor, but say you're a doctor, you know, or fine. I was a preschool teacher. Let's talk about that. Yeah. you leave your home behind you leave your relationship behind you leave your triggers behind you take a deep breath you put on a face and you walk in and you give those kids your ex you know you use your talents your skills your experience whatever it is and you give those kids a good day didn't matter what was going on even when i was like in the beginning of pregnancy and extremely extremely nauseous and exhausted or you know obviously I was a worse teacher at that time but you just suck it up and get through it like you're a professional. You're there as a teacher. You 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 put on the face. But you can't be a professional in your own life. Like you can't, you can't not be yourself all the time. With our kids, with our families, that's where we are, we. That is our relationships. That is our families. That is our safe space. That is our haven. And we care about it the most and we want to be able to give them the best of us. Not you know the opposite of that. So anyway, how do we do that? How do we um, give ourselves, how do we how do we support ourselves so that we are able to give the best of ourselves to the people that matter the most? In, 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 in the process of doing it, like there's no break. There's no like, okay, now let me go back. Let me leave my office, reset and come back. We come back. We're living life with our families. So, yeah, it's a question. It's a question that's ever-evolving. What are your thoughts?
1: One of the things you said about, you know, going in and turning off a part of yourself, also with our kids, there's a part of ourselves emotionally we can't turn off because um, when we see a kid, you know, going through an emotional moment in our classroom, like when I was a teacher, of course I care deeply. Um, And I know that they're going home to a a home and a family that, you know, we hope is a support system for them. And and there's there's a, there's a, there's a, you know there's a level of like trust and um, like releasing that we just have to do like it's they're not our kid but then when it's your kid there there is nothing they they are your kid <laughs> and when they come home from a hard day or when someone is mean to them or when they do something that happened to you in your childhood and really really hurt you it's there's there's no there's no giving them off to anybody else it's your kid it's your thing and just even it just being your responsibility is can bring up so much and at least I know for me so yeah it's a very deep level
0: and there's and you remind me of the part of it where the thing that they're struggling with is not only like it could be a reminder of something that happened to you but also for me it's like when my kids are me like they're literally being the parts of me that I hate about myself or that overwhelm me about myself and I'm like I Oh my gosh, don't do that. Don't be that. Like, uh, or or I start to spiral of like, I'm like that. Like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I act like that. Or I can't believe I do that to people. Like, it's like all of my blind spots are just right in front of my face in my child. <laughs> and I'm supposed to just be the adult and love them unconditionally. But there's so much of me that's enmeshed in the relationship. It's just so enmeshed. It's not clean cut like, profession.
1: Yeah. And uh, someone was telling me once, and this was a very powerful visual for me, Um, so the difference between shame and guilt, and I know that not everyone defines shame and guilt this way, but the way I define shame and guilt, and the way this person who was talking to me defines shame and guilt, was that shame is, guilt is, I did something wrong, I want to change that. Shame is, I did something wrong, and therefore my worth comes into question, like, this is, this defines me. This is a deep part of who I am. And what happens with shame, it was that the thought process is a circular thought process that goes around and around in circles. So I do something I don't like, and then I go, so for example, I hurt my kid. And I go, I hurt my kid. They're hurt. This might traumatize them for life. I'm a bad mom because I hurt my kid. This might traumatize them for life because I hurt my kid. I'm a bad mom. And this goes around and around and around and like sits as like a, It's like, I imagine like our heart being this open space and shame just kind of sits on top of that. And like that open space, there's no open space anymore because there's just the idea that I'm a bad mom. There's just this, I mean, imagine if someone was right in front of your face yelling at you, you're a bad mom, like screaming into your face. Like there's no way in that moment that I could open my heart and connect to others because There's literally a person in front of me shrieking that I'm a bad mom. And that's kind of what it looks like in my mind when there's shame. It's like it's just this circular movement. And so I can't even do differently what I want to do. So like if I hurt my son and what I want to do is tomorrow speak more respectfully to my son when he does the thing that triggers me. When I'm in shame, I'm going to be worse tomorrow. Because like when we talk about Nurture Heart Approach, that portfolio... What's coming into my portfolio is that I'm a bad mom, and that I can't do this, and if I can't do this and I'm a bad mom, then the next day I'm gonna feel like I shouldn't be around him, I shouldn't be his mom, he deserves someone different, he deserves someone better and then how i'm i i how can I be different when this is there's there's someone in front of my face screaming at me that I'm a bad mom, and that circular motion just makes it almost impossible for me to move forward and it's so intense and it can be so extreme and i you know it's I'm sure it's looks different for everybody um but yeah, so I, I, for me, this visual was very helpful because um, when I can think about like the connection and the relationship that I want with my kids and when I imagine that, that when I imagine my heart as this like, I'm a very visual person, but I can't really like, um, like this beautiful, I don't know, like open light that like invites people in. Like for me, I, I really care about connecting with other people. It's something that is really a very intense value for me and is a real, it's just something that is, it's, it's, it's a really big part of my, like I, re, I, don't, I don't know the words I'm, I'm trying to say, but I, I, I care deeply about connecting to people. That's something that is really important to me. And so when I imagine the way I show up in the world um, is I imagine this beautiful heart that's just inviting other people in. And when I can imagine my, what I want, so I'll ask myself, what do I want? I want to deeply connect to my children. I want to deeply connect to others. I want to be able to invite other people in. And this shame that's coming in is sitting on top of that. It's not, it's not even helping me get to my goal. It's just sitting on top of me and like suffocating me, like it's like, like, like holding my breath. And when I can think about what do I want and how can I get there? I know for me, forgiveness is that step to get there. Because if you imagine, imagine that someone said, really hurt you, right? I'm sure, I mean, I know I've had this in my life, right? Someone really hurt me. And then they either like apologize and apologize and apologize and apologize. And then I say, thank you. And they just keep apologizing and keep apologizing and keep telling me how bad they feel or the opposite. They excuse themselves. They tell me why they did it. They try and get me to comfort them. Both times, there's not really any space for me to get to, to connect over here because the person is sitting so intensely in their shame for having hurt me. they're not opening their heart to allow me to forgive them. They're not opening my, their heart to allow this relationship to be to be closer, which is what happens when in a safe relationship someone messes up and then acknowledges it. If anything, it brings closeness, it brings connection. But when, when the other person is so busy feeling bad that they hurt me, I can't even come in and allow myself to be angry and then say, it's okay, I forgive you, or allow myself to show up in this relationship. And when I think about it the same way with my kids, the most beautiful thing is for me, when I think about what I want to do, I, want, I don't want to pretend that when I do something wrong, it's fine because it's not fine. Like, I don't believe it's fine for me to yell at my kids or to hurt my kids or to, I don't believe it's fine, but also it's fine and at the same time because I believe that it's fine to do something that isn't fine. It's not bad to do something that's bad because then I can, it's a, a such a deep mo- moment of real connection. When I acknowledge what I've done, I allow myself to let that feeling wash through me and I learn and then I can move forward because with guilt not shame with guilt I can have the thought process of oh think about the video game analogy in the in the right in the nurture heart approach the video game analogy if I go left I bump into monsters I lose lives if I am in this situation and I do this this happens oh okay I learn more about myself I can I can I can now i know i can have that clarity of what i need to do differently in the future and also i can trust my kids i i i i did my my son um he, i i he woke me up and he woke my baby up and i got really flooded and i completely reacted in this like intense extreme way it was not according to my values of my parenting <laughs> and i locked myself in my room for a bit and when I felt steady and I I, I, I allowed this feeling, I, I just, this feeling of deep, I mean, it was shame. I allowed it to wash through my body and I felt that feeling like a wave, you know, I imagine myself standing at the edge of an ocean and a wave is just washing through me and it just comes right through me and I really didn't like that. I caused him pain. And I know, and then my, I have this mantra, I really believe in, for me, mantras really helped me that. I trust that we can that that he can handle this. I trust that I can handle this. I trust that this will make us closer. I trust that this is this is this is for our benefit, not for our harm. And I come out, and I'm still feeling shame. And I look at him. I sit down on the bed, and I look at him, and I say, "Patello, my, my son's name is Patello." I say, "Patello, do you know what mommy's about to say?" He goes, "Yeah, you're gonna say sorry." And I said, "Yeah, do you know why mommy has to say sorry?" And he goes, "Yeah, because you were not nice. You really hurt Patello." And I said, yeah, and mommy really should have taken space when I was angry. I shouldn't have let that out on you. And he looks at me and he goes, but mommy, you did. You did take space. (laughs) And I still get so emotional every time because I genuinely was so shocked. I didn't even know what to say. I'm looking at this boy, this four-year-old boy, this deep level of forgiveness that he's offering me. Like, yeah, he knew I was going to come apologize. He knew I was going to say sorry. He knew I was going to. And he saw that I took space. And like, it was almost like he knew, he saw my taking space as love for him. And like my understanding that it was, I don't don't even have the words, maybe you can help me here, Mussi, (laughs) and I get to, to, to break it down because it's just so deeply emotional. It was such a beautiful example of something that I've just honestly never experienced, this beautiful connection. And I was so inspired. And it has happened again that he's come into the room and woken me up. And I haven't responded the same way because there's something about that forgiveness. There's something about facing that part of me, that 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 frustration, that anger, and being able to move closer that also helps me release the pain of the reason why originally I yelled at him. Like there was something that dysregulated me. There was some, th- some feeling of I can't do this. I can't but i did yell at him i did lose control i did have the worst moment and we are still here and we're not only connected we're connected on a deeper level and 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 it's such a beautiful moment that it almost the 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 belief that i had that made me yell at him originally which was i can't do this and it i can't handle this my baby's crying my son is waking me up my son is waking me up i can't do this and i did i did do it and 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 we're here and almost like that itself was a release of this intense belief of i can't do this and I've seen already that allowing that terrible moment to happen, allowing the forgiveness to come, allowing the, that wave to propel me forward and move through me and I move forward allows us all to move in the direction God is pushing us. Like now we're closer. Now we understand each other better. Now I know that in the worst case scenario, we're just going to be closer. And that belief of I can, I did do it. I could do it. I, I did it. You're he's right. I took space. I heard him first, but then I took space. Like, oh, maybe you can help me have the words here because it's just, yeah. Ooh. Well, it understand. sounds like there is
0: the resistance. I, By the way, I got chills up and down my back when he said that, when he said, but you did. Um, the resistance to not allowing the, the outcome we don't want, to like trying to coerce reality And then this hopelessness of like, but I can't, I can't, I'm not okay. And I'm not handling myself. So I can't be the perfect mother right now. I'm super triggered. I can't, I'm not going to be able to not yell at him. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm losing it, which adds fuel to the flame because not only am I losing it, I'm also losing it about my losing it. And I'm so frustrated at myself for not being able to force myself to be calm and peaceful. And when I'm not. And so, it's like letting go when when you say you said the words before, like, um, yeah. it's okay, it's okay to do something bad. I don't remember the words you said, but something like that. like yeah the 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 fierce, like white knuckling forcefulness of I'm never allowed to do anything bad. I'm never allowed to do anything bad puts me in such a stressed out tension place where I'm always on eggshells and I'm always worried and I'm always waiting for the next shoe to drop and I'm always waiting for it to, to watch myself mess up and I'm always in fear that that in itself is like a self-fulfilling prophecy where the next thing you know it I am losing it because I'm in so much tension about the fear about losing it but when I'm not afraid of losing it and I'm telling myself yeah you know what I might lose it <laughs> I don't know I either will or I won't <laughs> and, I, and I let go of the forcefulness of having to having to not lose it. And I, I accept that I'm human. And I accept that I'll have my moments. And I accept that I'll hopefully learn from it. It'll be a learning experience. We'll get closer from it. Whatever. Like, I don't want to have any bad moments with my kids. But I'm human. And I chances are, I will. And I'm in full acceptance of that. Then the moment comes. And like that wave you're talking about, the moment comes. And guess what? We get through it and we're okay, and it's so amazing to me what happened in that story with Patel, because that's literally what we say we want to do with Nurtured Heart, he was able to do that with for you, on such a deep level, the whole idea, we talk about a Nurtured ha- Heart, about it's not about convincing someone, whether or not they can or can't it's about having them have that firsthand experience of you already are Wait a second, you're saying that you don't wanna lose it with your kids and that because because it's gonna be bad and you really should take space? Well, guess what? That's exactly what you did. You did take space. You are being the mother you wanna be. You are role modeling what you wanna role model. You're already doing it. Like people say about parents, if you care that you're a bad parent, that, uh, if you care about whether or not you're a good parent, you are already a good parent. Like, cause you care. So that, for that, you're using the word forgiveness i think before the forgiveness comes the acceptance of the mistake
1: mm-hmm.
0: that the mistake will happen and that it's okay to happen which then makes the mistake be so easy to forgive because it was never such a big deal in the first place and we can move through we have permission to have it which means we're not going to be as escalated and out of control as we would be with all of that pressure that we shouldn't be where we are Which means I'm faster to go to my room, I'm faster to reset, I'm faster to take my deep breath, I'm faster to, to reset myself to a place of equilibrium, where I can then repair and apologize and, and do better. And then that added piece of what he did for you, which was like, wait a second, why are we focusing on the fact of that you made a mistake, like, you're saying you should have taken space, you did, you did it right, you already are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like, so, yeah. Yeah. There's just so much we could talk Like there's so much that we could talk. It's such a moving. Yeah. And, you know, like when you said "Um, it's okay to do something bad. I know that like for me anyway, in the beginning, like I definitely would have had resistance to that statement. So I just want to say about that um, because I feel like that is something that I know I had a lot of beliefs about. And for me, that's where that, like when I was talking about that grief and shame piece, like I always have an intellectual piece and then an emotional piece. Like I almost have to address the intellectual debate first to give space for me to face my emotional piece. And like that idea of like, no, it's not okay to do something bad. So when I think about that shame, like that person screaming in my face, what do I really want to give my kids? I really want to give my kids this experience that you were just talking about, like this experience of acceptance. Like this is the biggest experience of unconditional love to be able to be your worst and to be able to know that it's nothing. It's just learning. It's so, so like, yeah, oh, yeah, you learn. So I learned today too. My learning looked different than your learning, but we all learn. That's what we want to give. And how can I get there? It's not going to happen through this person yelling in my face that I'm a bad mom it's not gonna happen by me telling myself that I can never ever mess up it's not gonna happen because I am gonna mess up I am gonna mess up I am gonna mess up so how can I how can I give them what I what I what I what I want to give them is by being truly honest with myself and it that's like the logical piece and then like being honest with myself I feel like that's to me the emotional piece is like The fact is that, like what you were saying, like the fact is that, that, um, we were talking a little bit about before about the whole idea of baby steps and the toll taker that, um, how can I learn without falling down? And like, I love to say to myself, like, I'm learning to be a mom, just like these kids are learning to be kids. I'm learning to be a mom. I'm learning how to interact with these children, my children. You know, maybe I've been a teacher. Maybe I thought I was the best mom, like you said. I was the best mom before I became a mom. But now I am a mom and I'm learning to be a mom and saying that to myself like, oh, that was learning to be a mom. And learning to be a mom means that I'm going to fall down as a mom. And it's not just something that I have to accept because I have no other choice. The truth is that it's the most beautiful version of a mom that I can be for my children, my real human children who are going to grow up in a real human world and make mistakes and fall down. When they grow up with a real human version of a mom who falls down, admits to falling down, lets those emotions wave through their bodies like and gives this example of emotions being energy. We always talk about that, you know, emotions being energy that propel us forward. Mistakes, the mistakes are what bring those up in us. Those mistakes are what allow us to tap into those parts of us that we don't necessarily want to see and, and allow us to really experience ourselves and get to know ourselves and become our best selves and all of these things, what a gift to our children to have that version of a mom that that human mom that that, that mom that that gives them a version that, that, that gives them a, you know the best way to teach is by, by example that gives them an example of being a human in this world. You know when when they inevitably fall down which they will and they have kids are have this like kids have all of these things so naturally and they look at us to see if what they have is okay and when they see us doing it like they'll be able to hold on to that innocence that beauty of like being able to yeah. Oops. My son says it to me all the time. Yeah. Okay. You, you can try again next time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's, there's, that's a whole other piece of the baby steps that we don't really talk about that much of like the baby and, and the idea of baby steps. It's one of the intentions we have in the Nurtured Heart Approach about how to help ourselves see um, our kids for their greatness so that we can build more of that inner wealth and, and um, help them see themselves for their success and, and beauty. Um, So the idea of the baby steps is like, that kid takes that first step and falls. Well, they took that first step, right? But also they keep getting up. They keep getting, they fall and they get up and they fall and they get up and they fall and they get up. And what does that show you? Well, does it show you that they're so unbalanced, they keep falling? Or does it show you they're so resilient and they're so committed to the process That no matter how many times they fall down, which is uh, inevitable, like you said, they don't have good balance yet. They've never walked before. This is a new skill for them. This is like learning a new skill. You're not gonna have it right away the first time you try. It's impossible to learn a new skill if you're not willing to make mistakes. You will never learn because you have to make mistakes in order to get better at it. That's the only way to get better. You can't get better by you can't swim on land. You gotta get into the pool. And feel the water and feel the weight of your body or the difference of the weight of your body and feel the water rushing over you and figure out how to keep yourself afloat. You've got to go under a few times and you know, and that that's the only way. You can't swim on land. And yeah, it's scary, and you feel like you're gonna drown maybe for a second here or there, you know. Hopefully you have a supportive swim teacher, or like us as kids, we never had swim teachers. We just figured it out ourselves. But yeah, it's a little scary. Am I gonna make it? Am I gonna make it? But uh, and then I made it. Yay! Is the point that I drowned for a second? No, the point is that I made it back up to the surface. The point is that I'm figuring it out. The point is that I'm learning. The point is that I keep getting up. The point is that I can follow up a bajillion times. And every single time I come back to my intention of being the mom who is forgiving, who is calm, who is loving, who is um, connected, who is open hearted, who is seeing the good in them, who is believing in them. Like that is the hugest proof of my commitment to them, my hugest proof of my devotion, my hugest proof that I am a invested and involved and engaged mother, is that I fall and guess what? I get up and I keep trying. And I keep trying, which means I'm gonna fall again. I'm okay with falling. If I wasn't okay with falling, I'd probably just shut down my heart, shut down myself, be disengaged, Maybe be a physical mom, right? Get them ready for school, give them their stuff, say all the right things, but to be in open relationship with my kids where I'm fully myself, wow, I'm gonna fall, and but I'm allowing myself to fall because that's how committed I am. I'm so committed that I'm staying open that I'm staying engaged that i'm that I keep trying, that I keep trying to to be my full self that i you know, so it's like with that baby that getting up is. They, they keep getting up. That's where the focus is automatically. Nobody thinks of the baby and is like, Oh my gosh, they keep falling. This is nuts. Everyone's like, <laughs> right.
1: Don't, don't enable them. Then they're gonna, then they're gonna fall all when they're like, you know, you know, when they're, when they're in high school, they, they'll fall on their way to school. Like you can't enable them to fall down. Like you wouldn't say that. Yeah. Like
0: you call this walking. This is not walking. Like, what are you, hello? Like, okay, listen, I love that you're trying to walk and I get that, but, it would be a disservice to you if I made you think that wobbling around like a drunk person is enough because that's not enough. You're not gonna be able to make it in life if you're wobbling around like a drunk person falling everywhere. So, but then, so what? So should the baby stop walking? I mean, it's ridiculous when you talk about a baby, but that's the truth, that's what you're saying. I was never a mom before. I was never me before. Today is the first today that I'll ever have lived. It's also the only today that I'll ever live, but it's the first today that I've ever lived. All of my circumstances, all of my feelings, all of my physical aches and pains. I was, you know, I'm noticing things in my body. I'm like, oh, I'm getting old. I'm not old, I'm young, but there's things that I've never experienced before that I'm experiencing now in my body that are reminding me of like my, even just my hands. I'm like, my hands look more like my mother's hands. Like, look at those little, you know, wrinkles. I'm like, wow, okay. I uh, never had that before. We're new every day. And so, that thing you just said—that learning piece—it's like, if I'm alive, then I'm gonna be trying something new. And if I'm trying something new, then I'm gonna fail. And the beauty in that is whether or not I'm getting up and trying. And so I'm the coolest, most powerful warrior that I keep trying. When I,
1: if we look at like successful people and we get to know their life story, I think this is something like I, you know, that is known that we talk about the people who have managed to succeed like wow they 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 didn't succeed first so many times and like a common thread is that oh they but they just they were able like they were able to just let it roll off their backs they didn't care what other people said they didn't you know and i i wonder if that's true like i wonder if we actually met these people and had a conversation with them if it's true they didn't care or they believed in themselves enough, they, they they believed in their goal enough, and they were okay with the, that mistake, or they they understood that part of success is mistakes. They understood that this is part of their learning, and they were able to forgive themselves. They were able to say to themselves, like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm sure some of them lost tons of money on their way to, to, to success. I'm sure some of them made crucial mistakes that maybe they even got fired from other jobs, you know, and, and, and then people, you know, despite that, it's because of that. It's because of that. Because of there's mistakes, that is that is the crucial difference between, you know, being able to reach our goals and not reach our goals is that, you know, that ability to fall down. That ability, I, I know I can relate to that, like being in a safe environment where I know I can fall down and therefore being willing to ask questions, being willing to say I don't know, being willing to make mistakes and know that I can admit them, like even just the idea of like having the, the the wanting to like lie about what I'm saying or being honest. Like if I'm in an environment where I know that if I mess up, I will get attacked. I'll feel the urge to like somehow cover this up. And you know, because it's so, it's so, it's so, there's so much fear with falling in an environment where falling is a big deal, as opposed to a different environment where falling is just part of learning. And then I can learn so much more and become so successful and really become the best at whatever I'm trying to do, including being a mom. So there's a, like a lot of times people say, you know, I, I, um, when we talk about mistakes, like I accept them and love them despite. And to me, like my real truth in my heart, it's not despite, there is no despite. It's not that you have mistakes, but even though you have mistakes, I'll love you because you have enough good or because I'm so kind and I'm open heart that doesn't resonate as true to me like truth to me is there there is no despite like i don't even know if i again maybe you can come in and help me with the words here but mistakes aren't there's there is no despite mistakes if anything give me a, a deeper look into your heart like when my kids some of you probably saw the picture when my kids cut up the beanbag in my house so they cut up a beanbag and there was foam everywhere in that moment, like with resetting, I was able to see, and people actually help people who responded on the Facebook, if you were one of them, thank you, um, wrote, like there's so much joy in their faces. There's, there's so much creativity here. And it's so true. Like I got to see a peak of my son's rebellious spirit and like his confidence and his creativity and his connection to his little brother, like how he loves him and how he brings him along into this like bubble of fun. Like my little baby isn't necessarily the kind of kid that would just like do these things but with his brother he experiences all kinds of new experiences in life that he wouldn't experience otherwise and so much excitement and (laughs) and yes of course in this moment is a low energy moment because of course to create safety there are boundaries and giving this moment letting this moment of his rebelliousness be of like a defining moment for him would also in create a sense of not safety but in my mind when i see this mistake although i'm pulling back energetically because i'm teaching him i am the teacher and i'm teaching him that creativity and rebelliousness can be used in ways that are safe at the same time in my heart i'm thinking what a beautiful look into this courageous intense loud magnetic heart that my incredible son has and i'm full of pride and exploding with gratitude that like when i when when we see mistakes and we have this idea there's there's um me and let um we came up with this together this idea of the p of a if you think of a piano teacher a piano teacher so when you're in a house and someone's playing the piano and they keep making mistakes like i i know or like you know i i've lived next to people who play the violin and they're learning how to play the violin it can be very grating because you hear all the mistakes but if you're the teacher if you're the piano teacher and you're sitting next to her and you hear them making mistakes a good teacher sees these mistakes as, okay, now here is where I can come in and teach them. Okay, great. So here is where I can help them. Okay, great. So this is how I can, so this is where we can move forward. And also they can hear the mistakes and see, wow, look how far they've come. These are the mistakes she's making as opposed to the beginning mistakes where she couldn't even press the right keys. Now she's pressing the right keys and doesn't know how to do them in the right format. Like, wow, what a great mistake to be making. What growth, you know? When you see that mistake, you can see the growth. You can see the person and you look at it as this incredible ability to teach, to come in and connect. There is nothing negative here. It's not that I that I have to, I have to stop being negative because it won't help. That There isn't anything negative. And anything negative that comes up for me is an invitation for me to invite myself, to connect to myself, to give myself that experience of of working through something, that that wave is coming towards me for a reason. That's why I stand one, that stand one and nurture heart approach is absolutely no. There's absolutely no energy to negativity. And to me, that's about, if I feel negative, then there's an experience that God is sending me here that I get to look into, that I get to heal from, that I get to allow that wave to come through me. And that's what no energy to negativity is for me because there isn't anything negative about my son learning. You may be doing something negative. That is a negative thing. And this is an invitation. They're pressing the wrong key here. And this is an invitation for me to help him understand that rebelliousness is great in situations where, and therefore I am going to teach him that, not in connection to this event, but I will teach him that I get to teach him that I'm so excited to connect with him and teach him this but this moment isn't an neg- I'm not accepting him despite there is no despite I don't even I can't even say I am accepting him there, there is no except like I I, I don't maybe you see him. his re- you see his rebelliousness as greatness yeah
0: I think also to bring the piano uh, to 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 um, um okay to just get more out of the piano um example <laughs> when you're pressing the wrong key, you're learning about the notes. Yeah. It's like you you hear a song in your head and then you press the key and you're like da 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 and it goes da 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 whatever, right? And it da. Oh wait, da. Oh no, that's not da, That's lower. Oh, now I know that if I want a lower key, it's here, right? How do you get good at typing on a key? My kids now are starting to do their homework on the computer and they're like, we can't type, we don't know where the keys are. How do you learn where the keys are? Like keep trying to learn where the keys are. You got to press the, when you press, but with the piano, it's even better because the wrong sound comes out and that's what teaches your ears and your hands to coordinate. Like you, you, once you play the piano enough, you know, automatically that if you want a certain key, you go over there, your hand just goes over there to create that sound. It starts to connect. It's the more you hear the keys, the more likely you are to learn how to play piano faster. The more with the baby, the more they fall, the more aware they are spatially, the more they get what moves support them and what moves help them fall and how to fall safely. And every bit of the process is teaching them. Every bit of the process is valuable, valuable lessons. The falling and the standing. The pressing the wrong key is teaching you about that key. And, and, and everything about it, it's like, and I think this brings it to the next level because there is that level of like, wow, I can repair and I can be human and I can be teaching my kids that example, but you touched on this a drop and I think that we're gonna maybe um, just finish with this and and um, spend some more time in another recording talking even deeper about this idea, but also we talk about this with some of the other, uh, on some of the other episodes, so go check those ones out, but especially the one with Stacy, uh, my mentor, but the idea that like what's coming up for me is an invitation, like when I press the wrong key, now I know something new, Oh, now I know, like, how is it, how is music created? Someone, chances are, did the wrong thing and realized, what? do you think the first person meant to create a fire when they scratched the, th- you know, the flintstone? They scratched the flintstone and fire came out and it was like, what's that? You know, like the whole thing. And then it's like, wait, let me do that again because I'm intense and because I'm crazy and because I push buttons. So let me just do that again.
1: I oh my God. I the heat
0: when i'm cold that feels good let's do that more mistakes like it's not a miss that's the thing it's not a mistake it's on purpose it's on purpose the negativity coming up is on purpose the negativity that's coming up is not negative because it's on purpose because it can be purposeful because it can be fuel towards me taking an even deeper stand about something it can be fuel it can be the ability for me to heal a huge part of myself that i never knew existed it could be the fuel for me to love myself more, love my kids more. I don't know what it could be, but it's, I'm so glad it's here. Thank you. I'm so glad I fell because now I know something that I never would have known. Now I have access to a part of me that I never would have had a part of. There's, there's now I know about my kid that they have this rebellious streak and I can appreciate their confidence and their ability to think out of the box. Now I know about them that I can not worry about them in certain parts of their life because they have this trait. Like now I know that I can give my kids opportunities to use this in a great way. It's like I've learned about them I've, we, and, and they've learned. They've learned about, about scissors and about beanbags and about property and about themselves. It's just like it's, it's all good. It's all, it's all for a purpose. It's all purposeful. And that's, I think, a very big piece of nurtured heart that is being, I think, focused on at like the higher levels, like what Howard's talking about a lot right now is this idea of like purposefulness. It's not good. It's not bad. It can all be for a purpose. It can all be to serve us, the world, God, whatever you're serving, like it can all be used. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So let's wrap this all up somehow. Let me see if I can do this in a really big sentence. This is a really fun conversation, mm-hmm. Um listeners if you have anything you want us to talk more about specifically please do send a, an an email um, to me you can you can respond actually i think on spotify at least there's a question you can answer that, that I'll receive but you can also send any questions you have to q and a with mussy and it's spelled at @gmail.com um and i'll put it you know will we'll try and have conversations about that but to wrap up what we talked about here, um, just like being a human while also being a mom or being a mom while also being a human. And and the the fact that it's impossible, at least for most people, to not be a human while being a mom, meaning to do it professionally, to do it perfectly, to have it all neat and clean, with their whole heart, with being fully engaged, with being fully open, you know, that's not possible, doesn't have to be a liability, it could be an asset. Because in this process of falling, and learning about ourselves and learning about our kids, and our kids learning about themselves and learning about us, there is so much to be learned about love, about acceptance, about purposefulness, about forgiveness, about real life, that brings us closer that it doesn't have to be one way or another way that it doesn't have to be all neat and clean with, you know, crisp little corners. It can be messy and it can still be beautiful. And, um, yeah, that, that, that I think also that guilt instead of that shame where it's like, this is a great thing that happened. I can now be an even better, Mom, I can now be an even better person I can either turn inwards or outwards wherever I need to go with this because um I I am better for it so thank you intensity yay intensity um thank you Manuha. if anybody wants to reach Manuka, uh you can email Klein N H A at gmail.com is that right I'll put it in the show notes as well and um talk to you next time <laughs>